Welcome to Inside the Mind. My name is Drew Fitzgerald, here to bring you commentary of all things Charlotte 49ers. I'm here with Kyle Ensley, who uh, went to the game with me last weekend. Many know him as a Charlotte bandwagon. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm good. I'm good. You Are you excited as much as I am for the uh, epic weekend ahead for Charlotte? They're playing the Maryland Terrapins at 730 prime time on NBC. What what do you think about that? What's your what's your take on that? Yeah, I think it's a, a huge game for the program. And uh, I think it's it would be a, a big, big statement. Uh, big statement for the program if they were to at, even come like play competitively against uh, University of Maryland. Yeah. So for some background for everybody, Kyle is a student at UNC, but I have coaxed him to come root for the Charlotte 49ers. He was uh, at the game last weekend and we experienced college game day together. We also went to the game. So let's transition to let's talk about game day first, because uh, we lived through that. That was a great experience. Mm-hmm. We had to wake up really early in the morning, drive all the way to Charlotte. I live in the Triangle area, uh, so I had to drive all the way to Charlotte about two hours with Kyle. And we showed up at game day. Kyle, what did, what did you what did you think when we got there? There's a lot of people. There was a ton of people. Um, I mean, the the environment was great. Uh, it's just people loving college football. Like what we're all here for for. Yeah, I was I was surprised at how many signs there were so many signs and banners and stuff about people loving and representing their team. It really kind of caught me off guard. It was pretty much exactly what I expected. It was just a bunch of fans out in the hot sun rooting for college football. We managed to find the Niner group. Shout out to Niner Nuisance. We we linked up with him and they had a big uh, Niner flag and we were waving it on TV. Uh enchanting. We were chanting a bunch when they mentioned us in the in the college game day. Uh show but yeah like it was it was a really good experience uh there was just so many south carolina fans there more than unc which really surprised me yeah no i mean i guess uh chapel hill did end up having the last laugh but there definitely (laughs) was quite a few south carolina fans there yeah and kyle's been celebrating ever since uh so yeah so we went to the game day it was a great experience Next time uh, they come into town, we need to get more Charlotte fans to band together. Few, but not as much as I expected. But that changed throughout the course of the day. When we went to the game, I'd have to say that that was the greatest tailgating atmosphere I've ever seen in Charlotte history. I mean, I've never seen campus that excited for a game. There were so many, so much, so uh, there's tons of tailgating everywhere. I mean, all. Um, up near the engineering side of the campus, there was tents, pop-ups everywhere. It was it was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Kyle and I went to the 49th acre that was just put in place. We got a little nice little t-shirt. It was just incredible. I, I think that the advances that the athletic department has made in, in terms of tailgating had been incredible. They actually had a little Charlotte shuttle uh, from the Charlotte Motor Speedway that they were taking the students who had just come out from the the tents at the tailgate to, and they're it was pulling them to the game, which I thought was incredible. There's just so many little tweaks and little things going on, and, and tailgating was unlike anything I had ever seen. Kyle, do you have anything you want to add about the tailgating? I know you, it was your first time on campus, but it's not normally like that. Yeah, it's I normally mean, a lot more dead. No, I mean it was definitely like the you could definitely feel the energy and the the hype behind the the season opener. Um, tons of stuff going on at, at in campus. There was just a, a great energy all around. Yeah. So 
we ended up going to the Normulence. A shout out to the Normulence. They were great. We met tons of different. I, I mean, I lost track of how many people that I met from actually online through Twitter. But there's tons of different people, and and it was such a great environment, such a friendly environment for fans. And yeah, so so just great tailgating atmosphere, best I've ever seen at Charlotte. So uh, any fans coming to the Georgia State or probably Navy game is going to be crazier because it's already sold out. So that's the homecoming game. Uh, it's going to be crazy. So the tailgating is just revived on campus. So that's awesome. But anyway, let's talk. Let's talk about the game. So everything leading up to the game was pretty much perfect in my book, but. The game is where we really start uh, exploring the Biff era because there was so much hype leading up to it. Kyle and I, uh, when Biff came on the field, Kyle, I know I mentioned to you that I was like, I cannot believe this is actually happening. It was yeah. like a, it was yeah. like a figure. Like you, it was just, I was like a fever dream moment. It's like <laughs> Dion coaching at Colorado. You cannot believe that it's ha- that he's on the field coaching your team. It's it's kind of kind of unreal, but. You know, the Niners really came off to a slow start and one that I didn't expect to, uh, you know, zero points for both teams in the first quarter. Niners did make some mistakes, so it, w- it was kind of rough. I mean, the the first uh, two drives for both, the first three drives for both teams were punts, and then Charlotte threw an interception, and then that led to a field goal by South Carolina State, South Carolina State's only points of the game. And I, I do want to mention that, uh, throughout many points of the game, one of the biggest things draw like takebacks that I had from this game is Charlotte's defense is absolutely incredible. I mean, the offense put them, and Biff mentioned this in a, in a press conference. He, you know, the 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 offense put them in really compromising like situations, and it was just absolutely incredible to watch the defense just swarm, stop them on. I know there's some big fourth down stops. Were there any like key players on defense that you could like, Kyle? I know you may not know him by name, but what did you what did you see? Did you see a lot of great play from you know what side on defense? The corners, the defensive line. What what did you like? Um, I just really thought it was impressive seeing how uh, the defensive backs were able to really get get make so many uh, tackles just for loss, like behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it was just really impressive to see. Uh, people just they they were definitely playing with some intensity. There's so much depth on the defensive side. Uh, some some key players, Wayne Jones, uh, who's actually a safety transfer from Kansas State, 10 total tackles, five of them being solo. Demetrius Knight, whose parents we sat next to during the game, was incredible as well. He's a transfer from Georgia Tech. He had seven total tackles and four solo tackles. And then one person that I, I didn't really expect was Nakai Hill Green, who was a Michigan transfer. There's a lot of hype around him. He had some incredible stops if you look at the recaps of the games he was just explosive and he i think he made a great stand on either third or fourth down for the niners it was absolutely incredible and then just it just adds up i mean everybody on defense had just i'm looking at the list and there's over 10 people who at least got a got a tackle there's uh 27 solo tackles and six uh total tackles three sacks uh mike kelly with half a sack damon Clowney with half a sack damon Clowney wasn't even on the depth chart uh and Kyle, if you if you don't know who Demon Clowney is, he's actually the cousin of Jadavion Clowney. So that's something oh, wow. everybody in Charlotte's really excited about. <laughs> um, Iabioki uh, what had one ta- one sack, and one thing about oh, and he had two tackles for loss. And and you know one thing about uh, Iabioki is that he he actually did get injured in the first quarter. It was like a cramp or something uh, earlier in the game. But he he it was a really kind of scary moment. Uh, but he ended up rounding out the game with uh, one sack and two tackle with two tackle for losses, which is crazy, and three total tackles. Um, but you know, 
summarizing that the defense did incredible. One person who had a, who had an amazing play was Cameron Howard. Who's a, who's a freshman uh, from St. Francis Academy, uh, you know, Biff's stomping grounds. He had uh, an incredible just interception, you know, jumping the receiver and, and running for 27 yards. Uh, it was, it was actually incredible uh, how he, how he picked it off. There's a lot of other, you know, deflections that could have been interceptions. A lot of could have, would have, should have, but the defense, if we talk about the defense, they held South Carolina state uh, to only 59 passing yards um, and 109 rushing yards. And, and yeah, South Carolina really going their way the entire night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one thing is their South Carolina state's offense really just nothing was going their way. They, they actually had the ball put uh, in, in a lot of, advantage like advantageous uh, situations especially in field goal range and charlotte would just drive them out their de- uh, charlotte's defense would just drive them out which i thought was just so impressive the defense was american conference championship level and i'm not putting that lightly that was just really impressive that they uh were able to keep only three points on the board and not not uh have a touchdown scored so let's talk about the other side of the ball which was a little, a little hard to get warmed up, but once they did, uh, they they scored. Charlotte put on 17 points uh, in the second quarter. It was mainly due to Jalen Jones, uh, who had an interesting game. He's Charlotte's senior quarterback. He's uh, hails from Richmond, Virginia, but he was formerly a Florida commit. Uh, played a little bit of Jackson State, and then went to uh, Bethune Cookman. He had uh, he went 13 from 19. Uh, 125 yards passing yards and had uh, t- one touchdown and two interceptions. And those two interceptions were pretty bad interceptions. They were not good. They were pretty stupid passes. He should have never thrown. And I'm not yeah, sure if not that's, great. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and Kyle, you can attest to this. I'm not sure if this was just pregame jitters because the whole team was kind of nervous before, but it, it was pretty, pretty rough. He did have a rushing touchdown, uh, which was really good. He ran for, uh, he had 10 carries, ran for 49 yards. He's a scrambler quarterback. Uh, he can throw, but, he had those two passes and especially against South Carolina state, just really embarrassing passes should have been never been thrown. So, you know, we have that going for us, but Kyle, what did Biff do the whole game on offense? He had one game plan and what was it? Hey, ground and pound. And that's yeah, what he really stuck. Run, to. run the dang ball. Right. He had, I, and it looks like he had five running backs. We, we were constantly seeing them get getting subbed out the whole game. Darrell Robinson was the biggest one. I mean, we can both attest to that, Kyle. Right when when uh, Darrell came out in the field, the Definitely. game the game absolutely changed. I mean, he had eleven carries, seventy one yards, and a touchdown. But the but the offense seemed to be uh, you know it seemed to get slow. Like uh, Shadrick Bird, who was formerly the running back in previous years, was really great. Uh, kind of struggled to get anything going. And, and I wasn't sure if it was the offensive line, but when Darrell got in the field, I don't, I, you know, I couldn't really tell the offensive line seemed to block the same and he, he almost broke loose a couple times. So, you know, moving into Maryland next week, it's going to be really advantageous. Charlotte rushed for 220 yards with only 47 carries. Each running back almost had a, had a 50 piece uh, Darrell with that 71 yards. Um, but that was, that was uh, the offense. And then the receivers had, uh, you know, a time, it was interesting. We didn't see Ike White from uh, Minnesota play, who is uh, a, tr- a freshman transfer. Instead, we saw a Bryce Kennan, who's the tight end. He had a, a great play where Jalen Jones was about to get hit through a quick screen pass and hooked up with Bryce Kennan for a for a touchdown, a thirty six six yard touchdown that uh, led to a touch led to a, a great play and a big boost for Charlotte. 
Uh, Jack Hestera, a, a great receiver too, had three receptions for 46 yards. So receiving wise, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really that much of a focus. J- uh, Jalen Jones yeah. threw to some re- the, of the receivers, but mainly the focus was on the run. Charlotte really wouldn't stop running uh, and they ran the option quarterback run, run, design runs and, and other runs. So let's talk about Kyle. You didn't watch the documentary, but mining for greatness came out yesterday and it was quite the interesting documentary. Um, I mean, fans, if, if you've been watching this podcast or you've been, you know, on Twitter or social media or um, it's just have just been observing the Charlotte 49ers. There wasn't anything you haven't already uh, known. They uh, talked about oh, uh, Biff coming in and and some behind the scenes of like what was going on uh, at camp and stuff. But it wasn't really it, it was more for fans and casual people who who've never really experienced Charlotte football and didn't know what was going on. The, the one story I did find interesting was uh, Jonathan Wallace, who is actually second on the depth chart. Uh, he's uh, on the uh, defensive line and he's 6'3", 381 pounds, Kyle. 6'3", let me repeat that again. 6'3", 381 pounds, almost 400 pounds. He's a wow. sophomore. And his story is that Biff actually called him up. He he went to Holmes Community College. Biff called him up. Uh, he was working in a, in a pretzel a pretzel factory, pretty much done with college football. He, Biff coached him at St. Francis Academy. Uh, and he was just talking about mm-hmm. how... Um, you know, Biff said, you know, he said, you know, Biff, I'm almost done with football. And Biff said, football is not done with you. And and so now Jonathan Walsh is on the team. Wow. Uh, he has he's really skilled. But this, he talked about his struggles of, you know, he's 33, 381 pounds, the struggle of losing weight and cutting weight uh, because he's very talented. But, uh, you know, the weight's really holding him back. So they 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 talked about, you know, that struggle. But uh, we also got to see Brian Dawkins, NFL safety uh, NFL Hall of Famer legend come and hype up the Charlotte 49ers. So that was really exciting. But that was pretty much mining for greatness. So if you haven't seen it, it's on ESPN Plus. Uh, the first episode has released. If you want to see more episodes, they will be on uh, ESPN Plus every week. I'm pretty sure it's every Thursday. So get ready for that. They release as the, the games happen. But now, Kyle, we're here. The time is now. It's mm-hmm. it's Maryland weekend. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is playing the Maryland Terrapins, a Big Ten uh, East. I, I'm not going to say powerhouse because they're not a powerhouse, but they are a really good team. That game will be primetime on NBC, and they really tore up the Townsend Tigers. What do you think Charlotte needs to do this weekend to limit their mistakes against Maryland? What did you see on the field last week that you think that they really need to clean up if they want to win? I mean, uh, I think they should keep pounding the ball as as they did the last week. I think that's definitely the key to their success. I think that on the like the offensive side of the ball, as for like receive like receivers and and like the passing game, I think I think the passing game should definitely be more complementary to the running game. Yeah. yeah uh, I totally use it as like a play like play action. I don't think there really should be I think play action should be your friend in this game. And I think they should really just stick to what they know they're good at it, which is running the ball and relying on that great defense that they have. Yeah. And I don't have any sources that said this, but I did have some fans tell me that uh, Charlotte, apparently uh, offensive coordinator, Mike Miller, who is actually a former uh, Maryland Terrapin coach. He, uh, he, he was really fundamental in Maryland's p- passing game and, and, quarterback game he apparently was keeping the playbook very and i quote vanilla last week because he was 
you know, trying not to uh, get Maryland to see, you know, a lot of their, their playbook. I don't know how true that statement is, but it definitely seemed like Charlotte was holding back in a lot of cases. They would really only run design runs up the middle. And uh, we didn't see a lot of like kind of tricky plays. You know what I mean? We saw some, you know, simple option plays and and Charlotte definitely had that amazing play to Bryce Cannon where they threw that kind of tight end screen, but we didn't see, I didn't see anything on offense that really wowed me. And so I don't know if that's just first game jitters or true, but Definitely. I think, you know, looking uh, going into this game, Charlotte had 220 rushing yards last game in comparison. uh, If you look at Maryland's game where they just absolutely trounced Towson, uh, they had 283 passing yards and 166 rushing yards. So if you look at the two offenses, uh, it's kind of flipped. Charlotte only had 125 passing and 220. Maryland had 283 passing yards and 166. So it's like two teams flipped. Charlotte obviously has just that really focused running game, but Maryland's defense held Towson to uh, 148 yards, which is not absolutely dominant. And so looking into this game, it seems like Charlotte does have that advantage on the rushing side of the ball. They're able, if they were able to impose their same will the way they did against South Carolina state on Maryland, you know, that could, could be good things. And if they open that, that running game, right. So, um, but I think there's one thing that Charlotte should be worried about, and it's Maryland's passing game. Talua Tagovailoa had, uh, you know, Tua's brother had, he went 22 to for 33, 260 yards, three touchdowns. He's a senior. Uh, obviously, he transferred to Maryland after not getting his shine on. But he is, you know, over the years that Maryland made his name known, and he really destroyed Charlotte through the air last year. So, you know, this game, Charlotte, Charlotte's secondary has to be there. And Charlotte did let some big passing plays through last weekend, but it was much improved from last year. So absolutely, that that's really something Charlotte's got to limit. And if you look at his two receivers, Corey Deiches oh, had six receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. So that's a lot, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> so they really got to limit that. And Deshaun Jones, uh, actually, excuse me, Corey Deiches is a tight end. Deshaun, and these are tall guys too. Uh, Corey Deiches is six two. Deshaun Jones is six one. He had five receptions for fifty seven yards and a touchdown. So they really got that height. And Charlotte has sh- uh, shorter corners, so I'm I'm really expecting you know Maryland to attack Charlotte through the air, and they really have to. Yeah, which we didn't really see during this uh, South Carolina State game. They were pretty limited uh, with their. Their passing game. So yeah, I mean, and we we barely we barely got to see the South Carolina State quarterback. I mean, he, he we barely got to see South Carolina even. Uh, they tried to throw the ball, but I mean, it was just so smothering. I mean, they would throw screens or they would throw uh, a lot of plays, and it would either be deflected or or uh, they 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 occasionally found some holes in the defense, but it was just so smothering. And and really, anything that uh that was a short yard attempt just got s- snuffed out. So um, they have Charlotte as close to a. 20 point uh, underdog in this game. Uh, 24.5 is the line. Uh, so, you know, it makes me think that, uh, you know, Charlotte may be a little bit underrated in this game, but you never know. And, uh, you know, last week didn't really tell us. It was a kind of poor litmus to tell us how Charlotte was going to be this season. Uh, Maryland on ESPN has a 90.4% chance of winning this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess just like the biggest thing going into tomorrow, I, in my opinion, is staying true to their their game plan, which they they played like last week, and uh, trying to limit the turnovers and the the just the mistakes. And I think 
just with their strong running game and good defense that they'll keep they'll stay in this game. Yeah, and, and and I'll also highlight, as we talked about the pass yard, Charlotte really defended the pass well last week, 59 pass yards allowed. Uh, so Maryland's 283 passing yards in the last game is uh, expected to be reduced. Charlotte can hopefully keep that uh, that number low. But yeah, moving uh, moving to next week, uh, it'll be a big test. And and like a few people have said on uh, Twitter, I know Rick Foster uh, posted a tweet. 49er Rick said, you know, this is a huge game for Charlotte and their program. If Charlotte wins this, it'll be huge for the program. So so that's been our podcast episode for today. It was so great kind of rehashing what we saw last week and talking about the upcoming Maryland game. I'll be back next week with another Inside the Mind episode. Uh, this episode was more just commentary on, on you know, what we thought. And it was great to have Kyle on. Thank you, Kyle, for uh, for coming on this week. Hopefully you can come on in the future uh, and talk yeah, more about it. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Drew. Yeah, no problem. And we could talk more about the Charlotte 49ers. I'd, you know I love doing Definitely. that. <laughs> I was nonstop at the game. So. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so thanks, y'all, for listening. I hope to see you next week. And go Niners. Uh, hope we, hopefully we can overcome the Maryland Terrapins. Thanks for listening to Inside the Mind. Hit that follow button to stay updated on all things Niner Nation. You can find me on Twitter at InsideTheMind49 and on Instagram at Drew underscore Fitzgerald. As always, picks up and roll Niners.